0: So cool. That is so cool. That's why we take church so seriously. That's why we know God speaks to us. Holy Spirit speaks to us. That's why we know that God is a healer. Uh, That we don't mess around with God. We don't just, you know, play games. We believe God is, speaks to us. We believe that He heals. And uh, we're going to see more of that. Church, we're going to see more of that. So when you come to church, be ready. Be ready. He can heal anywhere, anytime, but be ready in church. Church is a great environment. Yeah. You know, people who miss out on, on, on regular Sunday worship, miss out on so much of what God wants to do in their lives and in and through them. God is so powerful. Amen. God is good. I'm just getting excited. He hasn't finished yet. He's got a word for you this morning that can change your life. Amen. 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 If you've got your Bible with you this morning, this is so powerful. got your Bible with you this morning, we'd love to make a declaration before we receive the word. Anybody here for the first time, in church for the first time? Anybody here for the first time? Good to see you. Thanks so much for coming. Thank you so much for coming and joining us this morning. Just give them a big hand. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We like to make a declaration because we believe this word is powerful. Not just something we do out of tradition. Some us, I think we need to change what we, how we do this declaration, but um, what do you change it to? Just grab your Bible if you've got it with and say, this is my Bible. It's the word of God. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. And I can have what it says I can have. My heart's open. And my mind's receptive to receive the Word of God for me today. Amen. You know, if if our minds aren't open and receptive to the Word of God, we may miss something that God wants to say and do to bring glory to His name. And maybe even change someone's life in the process. Mm-hmm. Fix their knee. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Amen. I want to talk this morning from a passage I really love. You may have heard me talk from this passage before. But um, let's not reset. That could cause us immense problems this morning. Oh my Lord, what have I got to do now? Do we just press got it? You could just you could just delete everything this morning, couldn't you? Just with one click, and we lost everything we were going to do. Uh, but it's a passage in the Bible I love, and it's a passage I've read from before, uh, and I really love it. And I really you know, I don't want Wednesday the nineteenth, do I? <laughs> help me, help me, help me! I don't want Wednesday the nineteenth. I want. When, when was, maybe Wednesday the 19th? Someone would say, oh, God's speaking to you. we have got to do something different this morning. I prepared a word for you this morning that'll um, change your life. What's the date today? 25th, isn't it? Um, some reason, since I updated this, it's put all things everywhere. Are we in November? <laughs> help me, help me, help me. <laughs> no, I can find it. Just be patient. Just be patient. Man, I've had this iPad a long time. Wow. (laughs) I want today's day on there, It's all over the place. Let me me read from the Bible. That's a good place to start. Thank thank you, Jesus, for the Bible. (laughs) Turn to John chapter 5. And we'll get going before we get the notes back here. John chapter 5. And uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Chapter 5, yes, I still remember where the books of the Bible are. Some of you haven't got a clue because you rely on your phone all the time, don't you? Yeah. Some of you haven't got a clue. If I said turn to Matthew chapter five, John chapter 5, verse 1, you'd have to, you'd be sc- scrolling through finding it in your eyes. You know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, yeah. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, yeah. <laughs> Romans, you know, we know all those books. Let's read from chapter, chapter 5 and verse 1. And Jesus, aren't you glad Jesus did some cool things? After this, it's in the new new ones, Calvin, by the way, not the old one. I don't delete that in case I deleted everything. It says, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool, which is called... Thank you so much. Let's go back to this, because it's. I've got my highlights. Thank you, Calvin. When I get stuck, I thank Calvin that... He has all my passwords. <laughs> he has everything I have. I had to message him from New York once to to, to, fix my new, fix, to get myself a new iPhone. Fortunately, he was, it was in the afternoon. <laughs> I want to talk from this passage. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is in Jerusalem, by the sheep, get a pool, which is called in Hebrew, Bethesda. How many of you know what Bethesda means? Bethesda, the, the the means Bethesda. It means house of mercy. House of mercy. So listen, bear, bear that in mind. Having five porches, what do five represent in the Bible? Grace. There you go. Having five, in these lay a great multitude. What does a multitude mean in the Bible? A lot of people. So there's this place, this pool of Bethesda, which is named, uh, which which the meaning of the name means house of mercy and there's grace there. And there's a whole lot of people there, a multitude of people. But they weren't just regular people because it goes on, of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. And when whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. And, of course, it would have been she's as well. Till now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. 38 years. Some of you aren't even 38 years old. A long time. 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there, he knew That he already had been in that condition, in that condition, a long time. And he said to him, do you want to be made well? And the sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked and that day was the Sabbath. This passage is really sort of self explanatory of what we see and what went on at that pool of Bethesda. It just clearly tells us. So we don't have to use much imagination, really, of, of what this place was like, what was going on there. You know, and the, the, the background of it is that there was this pool there, and there's this pool there, and uh, it, it was a place, the pool of Bethesda, it was a place. Uh, referring referring to it as the house of mercy and in it were these four five porches where a multitude of sick people were hanging out why because when the waters were moved one angel the first person we've already read it, the first person that got into the water after they were moved was healed just like that healed so so if you're sick it's a pretty cool place to hang around What does mercy mean? Mercy is, you know, God doesn't give us what we deserve. God is a merciful God. And we should be thankful. I'm sure we're thankful uh, that God shows us mercy. If he didn't show us mercy, we'd be in a pretty sorry state. And God's mercy enables us to live without the consequences of our sin. And when, when, when David would, you know, he'd, he'd, he'd sin with Bathsheba. And Nathan the prophet comes to him and, and he almost sort of calls him to account through the word of God uh, and challenges him. And David in, in, in Psalm, chapter 50, Psalm 51 says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. And so God is a merciful God, and, and it's because of God's mercy we can live how we live. Do we always fully appreciate that we can, if like how we can live and the position we can live in because of God's mercy? And so Nathan is pointing; he points David towards God. And the pool of Bethesda was a significant place where this large number of people who were sick, were just living. They would hang out there, spend all their time there because it certainly made sense, wouldn't it? Because if there's a chance you could get healed. In this place, why not camp out there? Why not spend a lot of time there? A Bit like church, isn't it? You know, if you if, if you if you know you're going to get if you know you can get healed in church, you know what? There's no better place to be, is there? And we can do all we can go all through all sorts of rigmaroles and all sorts of programs and all sorts of plans and all sorts of you know seven keys to this and that. But you know, the house of God, the house of God is a place. If there's no other place, certainly in the house of God, we're going to see a manifestation of the mercy and the grace of God. So what a cool place to be. What a place for these people to hang out. And we get introduced to this crippled man who was unable to move himself. His, and his, 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 his mobility, if you like, was dependent on other people. He, he couldn't. He'd been crippled for 38 years. That's a long time. He didn't know, know, any, know any difference. He, if you like, he'd made a lifestyle of being crippled. And if you were crippled in those days, in that, in that culture, and in that location, you, you, your life was pretty much contained to nothingness. You didn't get a blue badge. You didn't get social, wel- social welfare and benefits. You were relying on the goodness of other people to pretty much do what you needed to be done. To live a life of any sort of meaning. And how many of you know God wants you to live a life of meaning? Because he knew you and he fo- before he even formed you in your mother's womb. He has a plan for you and he has a purpose for you. And it's a greater plan and a greater purpose than we can ever think about. Our mind is pretty cool, our mind is pretty, can, can think quite a lot, but He's able to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond what we can ever think or ask. Amen. According to the power which is working within us. How many of you know you've got a power working within you? Yeah. Amen. Amen. It's not just a little Duracell power, it's, a, it's, a, it's the power of heaven is working within you to enable you and to empower you to do what He's called you to do, yeah. which is way more than maybe you're doing right now. Come on. Amen. <laughs> What he has for you is is way more than what you're doing right now. You think you're doing quite a lot right now. You think you're fairly expansive. But God has way more for you. Way more for you. So we get introduced to this crippled man who'd been there for 38 years. He's unable to move himself. His mobility was dependent on other people. And of course, he knew it and he communicated it. And who knows, maybe he made the best of it. Maybe he was, maybe not as crippled as he liked people to think sometimes. Because I mean, didn't he, some people, everybody else would do, do things for him and take care of him. And he wouldn't have to use his own initiative or own. Anyway, we know he was crippled. He would know he'd been there for a long time. And for this man, so for this man, nothing had changed for 38 years. But that could have been eight years. Could have been 38 months, could have been 38 days. Many people are living with nothing changing for a period of time when they should be able to just jump straight from that into something else, into the next stage that God has for them. them. And so he was contained. And Jesus singles him out. And he asks him a question. Now remember, this man didn't have a clue who Jesus was. Because he calls him Sir. He didn't know who he was. So he didn't know the Jesus of Nazareth or the Jesus of the son of David that Bartimaeus knew. See, when Bartimaeus, the blind man, was sitting by the roadside begging and he couldn't see, his visibility had gone. There's no spec in those days. He was stuck. He was a beggar too. He had, had to beg and have other people do everything for him because you know, he may not have been crippled, but he couldn't see. And that's a fairly, it's a fairly significant disability for him. But of course, he hears that Jesus of Nazareth, he hears that Jesus is coming by, and, and, and as, as Jesus comes by, he hears the commotion. And he hears word that is Jesus. But of course he knows who Jesus is. He cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the ears of Jesus prick up. When he hears people calling his name. Never underestimate the power of the name of Jesus. It's not just another boy's name. It's the name. That is recognized in heaven. It's the name that the enemy trembles at. And wow, there's somebody who knows who I am. There's somebody who knows I'm the son of David. There's somebody who knows I'm not just anybody. But I'm here on this earth for a purpose. And I have a destiny. And he's calling my name. And Jesus says, Where is he bringing his disciples say, no, no, don't worry about him too much. He's just, no, 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 no. I hear somebody who has a revelation of who I am. And when he hears the cry of somebody who has a revelation of who he is, it gets his attention. And he says, blind Bartimaeus, you're no longer going to be blind because now you receive your sight. But of course, this man didn't know, didn't know. He didn't have a clue who Jesus was. This guy just turns up at the pool of Bethesda. And says, do you want to be made well? <laughs> and this man's response, this man's response, I believe, is the same response that many believers have today. And it's a reason many people are stuck in their present condition and in their crippledness. You see, if he knew who Jesus was, he would have been like blind Bartleman and said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus would have just said, blind man, see. And he would see. But this man's response was different because he didn't know who he was. You see, it's almost like he was alive but not living. He was alive and and, and living in his human form, and he was breathing, but he wasn't living a life. He wasn't living the abundant life, which, of course, Jesus came to give us. He was living a restricted life. He was living a contained life with a condition. But, of course, when the life giver turns up, church, when the life giver turns up, when the life giver turns up, there's opportunity for change. Everything can change when the giver of life turns up on the scene. Wherever you are, whatever's going on in your life, whatever condition you're living with, when the life giver turns up, everything can change. See, the life giver turns up this morning in church. See, you can be in, you can go to a church where you can go through all the rigmarole, you can go through all the, the, all the cultural things you do, and the life giver never turn up. Because really the life giver isn't really very welcome. Because the life turner turns up, giver turns up, he causes chaos. Amen. Holy Ghost chaos we can do with, we can go with. Fake chaos we can do without. Do you hear what I'm saying? See, this guy was alive, but he really wasn't living. But when Jesus, the life giver, turns up, there's this opportunity for change. Listen to what this man's response was. When Jesus asked him this question, do you want to be made well? But really in that situation, with this place where there's a multitude of sick people, his obvious answer is going to be, well, that's a bit of a silly question. If you're sitting in your doctor's waiting room and he comes out of his office to call you out and he just stands and says, anybody want to be made well? Can you imagine? And the doctor, when you go and see him, he always asks you how you are. Well, you know, (laughs) if I was okay, I wouldn't be here. (laughs) You know, I I haven't taken the time to make an appointment, which I've got to make three or four weeks in advance, and remember and put it in my calendar to remember to go and be there. And then he turns out and says, anybody want to be made well? No. I just like being sitting in here sitting here in the warm reading the magazines. I don't want to pay for OK magazine, I wanna come here and read it myself. Read it f- for free. <laughs> when I used to go to the doctors a little bit more frequently, take the girls and that I used to sneak in a big voice of victory every now and again just slip it under the pile. <laughs> <laughs> Flicking through OK magazine, Hello Magazine, what's the other ones, you know? Television, program, magazine, voice of victory, (laughs) I am redeemed, you know. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. You know, it's good to have a bit of fun in the doctor's surgery, isn't it? But what a thing to say. Do you want to be made well? Of course, the guy says, well, you know, you think he'd come back. Of course you want to be made well. You know, duh. But look at his response in verse 7 of John John chapter 5. The sick man answered him. He says, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. He doesn't even say, yes, I want to be made well. He doesn't, of course, know who Jesus is. But he has this pre-rehearsed spiel of reasons why he's still crippled and not living free. He has this pre-programmed response that he's probably been using for the last 38 years. It's someone else's fault. You don't understand my condition. I've got this going on in my life. No. It's like Jesus, well, do you, do you not want to be made well? No, i got no one to put me into the pool. It's like this is his only option. This is the only thing he can see through his little narrow mindset. He's living, if you like, in the place of mercy and grace. And yet through his little narrow mindset, he's expecting somebody else to fix it for him. And he's not a lot different to a lot of, dare I say, believers today. See, we're living in this place of mercy, and we're living in this place of grace. Yet, still living with a condition that is crippling us and limiting us from fulfilling our purpose in God. Yeah, we're children of God. I put a title. Do we have a title this morning? I'll put a title on this. Holy Ghost just dropped in because probably just because I know the song, but I love that song. Where we sing, "I am no longer a slave to fear." I am a child of God, a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Now, you know why I'm not in the band. But I love that song. <laughs> and the, maybe the person next to you is not in the band. But I love that song because it said, I'm no longer a slave to fear. Why? Because I'm a child of God. But many, of the belie- many believers are children of God and we would confess we're children of God. But yet we're still slaves to something which is containing us and crippling us and causing us to be who we're never meant to be. Can't do you hear what I'm saying? See, don't sing, I'm no longer a slave to fear, if you're still a slave to fear. <laughs> miss that bit, maybe miss that bit. I have a little hush across the congregation. And, well, I'm a child of God, I'm a child of God. What about the bit before? I'm no longer a slave to fear, I'm no longer a slave to this condition. I'm no longer a slave. This thing this contained me for 38 years. It could have been three years. It could have been eight years. It could have been eight months. But, we're, but much of the body, of course, is contained and restricted, and we're enslaved in something which we've been set free from because of God's grace and God's mercy. Amen. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? Amen. God, we're in the right house. He had this pre this, this pre-spiel that just spewed out of him, and yet he's living in this place. See, God extends his grace to us by saving us, and that salvation comes through Jesus. And he's standing right in front of this man there. Of course, he hadn't gone to the cross yet, but blind Bartimaeus had the, had the revelation of who Jesus was before he got there, of course, because he knew he was the son of David, and he knew it was a prophecy over the life of David and the genealogy, and He would come to Jesus, and Jesus would die as a lamb led to the slaughter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, Jesus didn't just come to save us. He didn't just come to save us. He came so that we could live an abundant life. And we've talked about over the last few weeks about this abundant life. She's a fruitful life. And that fruitful life is a demonstration of us being Christ-like. Because the Bible says a tree is known by its fruits. Don't call yourself a Christian if there's not Christian fruit dropping off your life. You see, we shouldn't have to tell people. We talked about this as well. We shouldn't have to tell people that we're a Christian. They should just see the fruit in our life. What sort of tree are you? Wow. I'm a Christian tree. I'm a Christ-like tree. I'm connected to the vine. And the fruit of my life is Christ-like. It's a demonstration of God in my life. See, he didn't just come to save us. He came to give us an abundant life. John chapter 10 and verse 10 says the thief has a purpose and his purpose is to come to kill, steal and destroy. But Jesus, I have got a greater purpose and it's to give you a life which is self-satisfying and fulfilling and abundant. That sort of life he's come to give us and this man wasn't living that sort of life. Yes, he was living in this place of grace and mercy but he wasn't living the abundant life. See, if Jesus asked you the question. You put yourself in the place of that man. And Jesus turns up. And I you, do you want to be me? Or do you want your tomorrow to be better than your today? Do you want your tomorrow to be greater than today? Do you want to be achieving more tomorrow than you are today? Do you want to not be facing that struggle tomorrow that you're facing today? If you're sick today, do you, not, do you, do you still want to be sick tomorrow? Come on. Haven't we you, have you heard many of us say, when we, maybe you have a bad day, you say, Well, I hope tomorrow's going to be better. I don't want another day like today. She's asking this question Do you want to be made well? See, I believe if Jesus asks us that question, our response many time can, times can be very similar to the response of the crippled man. Because we've already pre-proved, we've already got it figured out in our head why we've got this condition going on, why our tomorrow is just going to be just the same as today, why nothing is going to change. So, well, you know, of course I would, but I've got this going on. Well, isn't Jesus greater? Isn't he bigger? Isn't he stronger? What sort of Jesus did you sign up to when you got saved? Hey, a Mickey Mouse Jesus? Or the God of heaven Jesus? I signed up to the God of heaven. I didn't really have much of a clue what all that meant back in those days. But over the time, I've got fresh revelation and fresh revelation and more revelation because my heart's been open and my mind's been attentive to what God wants to say to me. I've opened myself up in ways I never thought I would open myself. My parents would have freaked out seeing some of the things I've opened myself up to. Of course, I want to be different, but Jesus, you, you don't really know what I've going on, what I've got going on. See, yes, we may be fit and we may be healthy, and on the outside everything is looks good, but maybe on the inside we're living with an addiction. Maybe we're living with some habit that is restricting us and containing us, that is crippling us from being who God's called us to be. Yes, we're saved, we love God, we have a home in heaven, but our life on earth is like chaotic. Maybe we're living with wrong thought patterns. And that's what comes out. When Jesus asks us, do you want to be made well? And out comes some spiel of some crazy, cranky thought pattern that's been embedded in us from years and years ago through maybe something that was said to us, something which we went through, something which we heard somewhere. Now maybe we're living, with, maybe we're living with, with some emotional dysfunction. It's containing us and restricting us. Maybe we're living with the guilt of something that took, t- took place in the past. And we can't get beyond it. We can't get over it. Yes, we love Jesus. We're living in this place of mercy. We're living in this place of grace. But we've got this guilt and we're we're living with shame. Now, many people live with it contained with unforgiveness, bitterness on the inside of them, unforgiveness. They can't get past it. And so our response is, yeah, but. Yeah, but yes, I want to be better. I want tomorrow to be better than today. I want to get past this. I want to be able to deal with this and get over it and get on with it because I know God's got more for me. But you don't understand. I need someone else to fix it for me. You don't realize what other people have done to me and the hurt that that's causing. And and I can't. How do you expect me to do that on my own? You know. I need someone else. I need some help. I need someone to do it for me. These are the reasons I've got this going on in my life. And we and we accept our limitations as acceptable. Maybe we compare it. Well, someone so has got that. I'm talking in a other Christian sort of voice. So, so and so has got that. Well, what about them? Well, what about them? What about you? What about your relationship with God? You're the one that's going to stand before him one day and he's going to ask you to give an account of your life. And did you stay contained in that or did you get beyond it and be who I created you to be? He said, "Oh, we say, well, I never created you to stay in that place. You know, I saw, I was I was there for you. I wanted to help you, but you rejected me. Your heart wasn't open. Your mind wasn't attentive to the word of God." And you never received it. I was trying, but you never received it. And I had so much more for you to achieve. And you missed it. And we accept it, this limitation as being acceptable. And we argue our way into a situation where we believe ourselves instead of the Word of God how can we all have the same Bible and see it differently? And there's Jesus, the giver of the abundant life, being told, you don't understand. (laughs) You know, what a person to speak to and say, yeah, but, you don't understand. (laughs) I tell you, God understands every little thing about you. He understands everything about you. He understands the limitations, the conditions, all that sort of stuff. And that's why he came into this world. To set you free. So you can live with what he has intended for you. And he had begun to accept this. As the way of life for him. You see, we can become so seasoned to our understanding of mercy and grace being all around us that we don't recognize Jesus in it. We can be so, become so accustomed to things happening and doing going through the way they, they happen and we can't see Jesus. So many times you come to church. We can come to church. You can go to a service. You can be in the house of God. And, and because something is a little bit different than maybe you are expecting, you won't recognize Jesus in it. You won't recognize him speaking to you. That's why it's so important that we learn to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And we're talking about maybe sometimes we run over a little bit on time and yeah, you know, because, you know, in the Western world and the culture that we live in as Christians, we are conditioned to do in church for a couple of hours on a Sunday morning and then we can put something else in the diary after that because we'll be done. But if maybe God doesn't want us to be done. And I used to use the argument, well, God knows our restrictions. Well, maybe what a load of baloney I used to believe. God knows I got a hair appointment later on the day Or a lunch appointment. So he be done with me in church by twelve I'm <laughs> I striking a chord there somewhere. Hello, God. If you're gonna do something for me, do it before midday. For goodness' sake. You know I've been, You know I'm a busy person. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? Come on, sometimes we sort of. You know you. Some of you people have been in church. Has really gone on all day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not saying a precedent to us, but wow! See, we become so so seasoned to our understanding. That's why the Bible says, "Set your mind on things above, not on the things of this earth." Set your mind on things above. You know, think God-like, think towards Him. And uh, it's twelve, thirteen, and we've got two minutes left. So, because God's got to stop, God's only got a few minutes left. Uh, see, he's become so, so so seasoned. See, Jesus could have done a lot of things to make this man well. Couldn't he? I wonder why Jesus didn't say, "Just hold on a minute, crippled man." I'll give you. I'll give you time to get down to the water. How long do you need? Well, fifteen minutes. Okay, Jesus, I'll give you fifteen minutes. To get down. To the- as soon as you're down, just give me a give me a thumbs up, and I'll have a word with the angel. And tch- you're straight in. <laughs> you, know, you don't really realise who I am, but I've i <laughs> I <I've> got friends. <laughs> You get down to the water. Give me a thumb. I'll have a word with the angel. Jump in. You'll be done. <laughs> just, just, just thinking. Just. I used to think that as a kid when I used to read this. Why didn't Jesus just... Water move. One in. All goes calm. <laughs> water in. Just, just go through the multitude. <laughs> It'll all be done. The pool will be empty. He didn't know he was Jesus. But, what Je- but Jesus does, church, what he does best. Jesus does what he does best. He's not the Jesus is going to fake it. He's not the Jesus is going to manipulate it. He's not the Jesus is going to look like it's something and it's not just to get a round of applause. He does what he does best. And Jesus says to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. Right, he says, just, just simple. Just rise, take up your bed, and walk. And the Bible says, and immediately, wow, and immediately the man was made well. He took up his bed, and he walked, and that day was the Sabbath. Isn't that incredible? Jesus does what he does. He just speaks a word. You see, grace is standing right in front of you and speaks a word. giving you totally what you don't deserve. He's in the house of mercy. He's not getting what he does deserve. But Jesus, the the grace of God, stands right in front of him and just brings a word and says, rise, take up your bed, and walk. See, when, when grace is standing in front of you, and it speaks, and he speaks, and it or he, and he he speaks a word. How you stand? Have stand up? See this man. His grace is right in front of him. He speaks the word. He doesn't even know who Jesus is, but he hears a word which is different to any other word. And when you hear the word of Jesus, it doesn't sound like the word of this world. It's a word of grace. It's a word of mercy. It's a word of healing. And he says to this man, rise, stand up, take up your bed and walk. And the guy hears it. His heart's attentive. His mind's receptive to hear what God is saying to him. And he hears this voice and something on the inside and says, just get up. Just get up. Right there. Just do it. Receive it by faith and stand up. Well, I don't know. You know, it's not. You know, is it the right who's around me? What's going on? You know, I, 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 I'm, I'm quite enjoying these pills that give me a little bit of a high here. And a, you know, no, no, stand up, get over it. Right in front of you is grace. Unmerited favor with God right in front of you is the answer. The king of, God, king of heaven, the Lord of heaven, the God of heaven himself is right in front of you. And he speaks one word and stand up. And so often you see we have that word and we hear it over and over again because we get so accustomed to it. We're in that place of grace and mercy. You know, we're, we're expecting what's going to take place, how long it's going to be. You know, and the word comes and we hear it and we hear it and we hear. It. We're so seasoned to it and we never do a thing. And so we go out the same as we came in. When the Holy Spirit speaks and grace speaks, stand up. Receive it by faith. Understand? See, don't deny God the opportunity to get you beyond where you are. To get you out of a place of slavery. And you say, well, I'm not feeling slavery. But I will tell you, if you, if, you can, if you can't easily step out of it, you're a slave to it. If you're a smoker and you can't stop smoking, just say, Oh, I'm going to stop smoking, you're a slave to it. If you drink too much and you're drinking too much and you can't stop drinking too much and you say, Well, I can't stop doing that, you're a slave to it. If you've got some habit in your life which you can't get over and you can't say, Okay, I'm going to stop doing that, you know, and, and you, you can't get over, you're a slave to it. If you've got some thought pattern that you can't get out of your life and it's contrary to the word of God, you're a slave to it. I'm no longer a slave to addiction. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to pornography. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to donuts. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to the shopping mall. I am a child of God. Come on, I'm joking. I'm playing with you this morning. But I say I tell you, church, it's so true. That if there's something in our life which we can't get over, and we're blaming somebody, i saying, well, you don't understand. You know, I, how can you, you expect me to give up that? You expect, well, no, you don't understand. I, I know I need this for that, and I need this for that, and I need somebody. Else. No, you're a slave to it. Amen. Period. See, too many of us are living dead. We're alive, we love God, but we're living dead. Because we're not being and living who we're called to be. We sing we're a child of God, we say we're a child of God. But when it comes to demonstrating our child likeness in God and living with the same DNA and the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead and being able to do greater things than he because he's gone to the Father we're a slave to some things Amen. Jesus Christ for me the Bible says he died to set me free yeah. to give me a new life yeah. yes when you've after you stood up you may have to work through a few things you may have to work through some of the consequences of some of the stuff you've been stuck with. But come on, let's believe God that He is greater than the chains that are holding us. The restrictions that we put on our life and other people have put on our life. I'm going to close right now, but if you're here this morning, just everybody stay right to where you are, apart from the band. Nobody standing up, just a band. just come play here because I want to do something this morning. I believe God wants to do something. The power of God is strong in the house today. And Jesus is right here. Jesus is right here. He's in the house. But church, there's there's many of us, and and I believe I, I believe all of us, the multitude. There's a multitude of us living with things that we could say if we could get beyond that, we could be who God wants us to be. Could be who God wants us to be. Do you hear what I'm saying? You know, my wife will say to me things like we need to do this, this, and that, And I'll say, yeah, but. just say, we need the pictures on the wall, we need the skirtings done, we need the windowsills on the wall, we need the bathroom done, we need the kitchen done. I say, yeah, but. Just kidding. We say, yeah, but. Because all in our mind, I'm thinking, well, I've got this to do, and I've got that to do, and I've got to pick that, and I can't do this before we do that, and those sort of things. And I say, yeah, but. God speaks to you and he wants you, has things for you. How many of you got, how many of you got prophetic words hanging over your life? Amen. 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 How many of you got visions you know, embedded, in your, in, embedded on the inside of you of, of what you desperately think? Oh, I know God is speaking to me about this, and, uh, but, but how? And, and, how many of you got visions and dreams that are outstanding? And the rest of you are liars. Come on. vision's outstanding but we say yes but if this would happen if that would happen if this would happen if I had more money I would do this if I had a better time if I had a different job I could do this if I was, wasn't you know married to this person I could do this if I wasn't you know yeah but I want to imagine this morning you're in the uh, in the pool of Bethesda a place of mercy in that place of grace And Jesus comes in and stands before us and says, Do you want to be made well? Or do you want your tomorrow to be better than you today? Are you harboring something holding you and restricting you from being the better you? Living in the abundant life. If that's you this morning, let's just worship God. Come on, let's worship Jesus. If that's you this morning... When Jesus says, do you want to be made well? I never even asked you to stand up. But you have. Because you're just pre-programmed to what is going to take place. He says, do you want to be made well? Do you want your tomorrow to be better than today? Do you want to get beyond where you are? That thing, which is that which is sticking you, that which is holding you, and that which you use as a yebba. He says, do you want to be made well? And after the yebba, Jesus says, take up your bed and walk. I'm going to say to you this morning, as we worship, because you are already stood up, I want to ask you as we as we worship to come to the front. I want to pray with you. I want to mix our faith with your faith and get you help you get beyond your yebba in the goodness and the greatness and the power of God which he has for you. That dream come alive. That vision come to fulfillment. That prophecy be realized. And you become greater than you are today. In Jesus Christ. So as we just worship for a few moments, and Jesus says to you, "Do you want to be made well, or do you want your tomorrow to be better than your today?" So listen to it, listen to our yebats. Yeah we dealt with some of those this morning. We've identified some of those this morning, and when He says. Then stand up. Take up your bed and do something. Demonstrate something of your determination to live under the grace of God. Just come stand here right now. Right now. Just come. Come. I know there's a lot of people here who need to just come and receive this this morning. Receive this. God is in there. Let's just worship. The rest of us just worship. You know, stretch your hands towards heaven. Uh, mix your faith with these people. But if you need to come to the front you just come. Just come. We're going to believe God with you. Just come if the whole church comes. That's fine. We can just move some, move some seats back. But just come. Just come. Maybe you're here this morning you've never received the grace of God. You know, you you're even, can't even say you're a Christian, but He died to set you free. He died to give you a new life. Jesus Christ came into this world to save sinners, the Bible says. And He wants to save you. He wants to set you free from the addiction. He wants to save you. set you free from the habit. He wants to set you free from that which has been contained in you. You no longer need to be a slave to it. Say, well, I'm not a slave to you. Well, then give it up then. And church is going to be broken off your life this morning. It's going to be broken off your life this morning. Broken off your life. You're going to receive the grace of God. You know, for by grace we have been saved through faith. There's nothing we can do ourselves. Yes, you're a Christian. You're going to receive His grace afresh this morning. For by grace we have been saved through faith. It's not of works lest anyone should boast. But we are he's, he's, we are being crutches for good works we prepared beforehand that we should walk. It's the gift of God. Is anybody else this morning? Anybody else? Come on, God's gonna do a work in you today. Come on, let's worship, let's come on, This just rise up. Come on, let's get behind this this morning. And Jesus, just stretch your hands as well towards me this morning. It's not me, it's just God doing the work in you. Never but I'm going to be, well, Suzanne. and I are going to be a point of connection. Come on, give him your all this morning. Don't just stand up on the outside, but stand up on the inside. Stand up on the inside and say, I'm a child of God. Make this confession. Jesus.